Okay, so what I'm thinking now, lads, is to do individual episodes on each of the ancient civilizations. So the, the top four, say, Egypt, Mesopotamia, Indus River, and Yellow River Valley civilizations. I'm not going to do that now. What I want to do now is two things, basically. One is a bit of a recap. So I've mentioned them all, and I've mentioned what's common amongst them or how they ended up being where they are, say. And I want to expand on that slightly and I also want to just get, get a couple of different bits and pieces that's in my head, out of my head, before I move on too far and they kind of get lost. So one is, you'll never hear me mention BC, AD, BCE or CE. I, I hate those things. BC and AD is essentially before Christ and after Christ. And then they were modernized and improved marginally by calling them BCE, which is before common era and CE, which is common era they don't call it after common era they just call it the common era so bc and ad bc stands for before christ ad stands for i think the latin for after christ and then bce is before common era and ce is common era okay so you'll often hear that the egyptians were 4000 bc or 4000 bce which is 4000 years before christ or 4000 years before common era now Personally, I just think that's completely, totally and utterly nonsensical to speak in those kind of terms. I get it, okay? I understand why historians or scientists or we as people choose pick or poison drew a line in the sand and have a before and after. My understanding, yeah, my understanding of it is that if I was to write a book, say, on ancient Egypt today in 2020, and in it I said that... 6,000 years ago, blah, 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 happened in Egypt. In a 1,000 years from now, or 500 years from now, if somebody was to read that book, I wrote it as 6,000 years ago, but they'd read it as 6,000 years ago, and they wouldn't necessarily know to add on the 500 years that have passed if they're reading this in, in the year 2,520, which would be 500 years from now. So I get the idea that they drew a line in the sand so that regardless when what you're writing is being read, you'll know exactly, you'll be talking about the same thing. Now, I don't personally give a shit about people who may or may not be listening to this particular podcast or any of my podcasts in 500 or 1,000 years' time. These podcasts are ephemeral. They're, they're, they're going to come and go. They're not going to stand the test of time. They're not going to be around in 100 years. They probably won't be around in fucking 20 years. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's work for future products. So this, for blah, blah, blah. it's work for future projects. What I'm doing here is essentially the foundation for what I exactly, I don't know. Presumably a documentary of sorts, but who knows? I'm kind of in it for the journey, not for the, for the outcome. Anyway, that's why you won't hear me say BCAD, BCE or CE. I'm just going to stick to thousands of years ago. And you're just going to have to bear with me that it's 2020 and not 2520. Okay? The other thing, and it's for the same reasons, you won't hear me say Bronze Age or Iron Age. Or the Stone Age, as far as I know, is split up into three different periods. The Neolithic, the Mesolithic and the Paleolithic. Basically, Old Stone Age, Middle Stone Age and New Stone Age. I just think it's confusing. I really do. And especially for terms like the, like the Bronze Age. I mean, we don't know what materials these ancient peoples used. We don't know for certain if they did, whether or not they did or didn't have 
bronze or how long bronze is around. So referring to historic events under a heading as such as Bronze Age, to me just won't cut. I'm just going to stick with the thousands of years, lads. It's just, it's easier for me and that's it basically. So the next note I have here is on the word civilization. I've mentioned it a few times, but I've never actually defined it. Now, I would have, before I kind of looked up the, the meaning of the word, I would have said a civilization would have been any group of people that managed to get itself into the tens of thousands, um, or realistically hundreds of thousands and possibly even millions. That's what you needed to have to have a civilization in my ignorant mind. Now, having looked it up, all it means is complex human society, which makes a lot more sense. Because imagine in 2020, again, in, in today's time, we find a tribe of people living in some unexplored forest or jungle or desert or wherever. And we find a group of 250 people. They have their own language. They have their own religions. They have their own way of accounting and keeping track of everything. They have their own laws. They have what we would call a civilization. Now, there's only 250 of them, but the number of people doesn't matter. Provided it's a complex human society, it's a civilization. Um, another couple of things then. One was, I never really had settled, for want of a better term, I never really spent time on the transition from human beings being nomadic to settled people. Okay, so settled people being people who lived in permanent settlements. Okay, so to settle means presumably to just basically sit down or to rest. But a permanent settlement is where you permanently sit down to rest. So think of a town or a city or even a village. These things tend to be permanent settlements. And it coincided with farming. Okay, so farming and settlement are essentially um, unsplittable, for want of a better word. You can't, inseparable, you can't, inseparable, you can't separate them. They're, they're one and the same thing, essentially. So as soon as we started farming, we started to put down roots. But um, but seriously, as soon as we started farming, we were planting crops that would have taken a couple of months to grow. We stayed put for a minimum of that time. But like most things, these things probably uh, happen gradually. I would imagine that when farming first started, people learned how to scatter seeds and grow a crop. But they probably scattered seeds in the springtime, harvested in the autumn, and got the fuck out of Dodge before the winter kicked in. If they lived in a part of the world which had a bad winter, which, let's say, the north, more northern part of the world does. So you've got the equator, which is like a line that goes across the centre of the world, in between both poles, say. A little bit above that and a little bit below that, you have what's called the tropics. It's like a belt around the earth. And within there, my understanding is there isn't really seasons as such. It's pretty much summer all the time. So you're not going to migrate from there or have the need to migrate from there, weather-wise. Okay? Now, you go further north, and at one time of the year, you have summer, and at the opposite time of the year, you have winter, because the world is literally leaning away from the sun for half of it and leaning towards it for another half of it. So if you are as far north as maybe even Ireland, now you have to remember that the... The climate would have been different 10 plus thousand years ago, so it's not exactly the same as now. But even in Ireland, I mean, if you didn't have central heating or properly insulated homes, like you'd struggle to fucking survive here in a cold winter, especially if you go further north, anywhere along, think of more northern Europe, I don't know, Finland, Sweden, Denmark, Russia, those kind of places. You're not staying there without proper fucking insulated buildings and heating systems freezing to death so to recap slightly 
as soon as we started farming, we started staying in put, basically. After that, then, I mentioned that the ancient civilizations are the main ones, say, all happened, for want of a better term, around river valleys. Now, I didn't, and I'm not going to do it extensively here, but I do want to give a bit of a, an insight into what was so important about rivers. First and foremost, you needed water, or what's called potable water, or drinkable water, okay? For humans, and presumably for the animals that they would have been farming as well. And obviously for their plants. So, in order for you to sustain crops that are going to sustain tens of thousands of people, odds are you're going to need some sort of an irrigation system. And an irrigation system is great. You could have the best irrigation system in the world, but if it's not beside a water source, it's not worth a shit to anyone. So that's first and foremost why people settled on rivers or beside rivers. Another reason was for transport. I mean, they had to get there in the first place. So Rivers would have been used for the transport of people and goods to and from different regions. It would have been a food source as well. So they would have fished them. And there would have been other food sources, I'm sure, as well. I think crayfish and, I don't know, fucking snails and different types of crustaceans and all sorts of bits and pieces that would have lived in and on and around a river system. Um different materials as well so I would imagine clay for pottery and things like that would have been in more abundance beside rivers and also different types of plants for different types of purposes so you've probably heard of papyrus it's a type of paper that would have been used in the ancient world and papyrus is a paper made from it's a it's a reed that grows in water so again another reason for these places to have basically developed beside rivers or in river valleys. Another important aspect of civilizations or complex human society would be the division of labor. So then, as is now, some people would have been big and some people would have been small and some people would have been smart and some people would have been strong. Some people would have been more productive, healthier. Their lived experience may have made them wiser or more knowledgeable. Some people might have been better at bargaining or just getting along with people. And because of that, they might have been able to set up better trade deals. And essentially, what all these different things lead to is inequality. So then, as now, some people would have been doing better than others. Some people, because of their, I don't know, strength or shrewdness or whatever it was, or contacts, were able to maybe double their money one year and maybe double it the next year and maybe double it the following year. Till they got to a stage whereby they had the resources to pay people to build a wing onto their house. Or maybe chop down a load more trees and extend their field or whatever it was. Which, again, you can see how this would, would spiral and how it would ramp up and up and up and up and up. And the more people got, the more means they had to get more and to amass more and to create more wealth. And in the meantime, although you're pulling people out of what would have been relative poverty back then by giving them jobs and paying them to do work you're never going to pay them as much or more than what you're making now look maybe back then they did who fucking knows we don't this is the thing we don't really know anything about these uh, civilizations but let's stick to the things that we do know we know that they all had origin stories they all had their own individual accounts of how they came to be in this world and I think that might be an interesting one to start with. So I mentioned before that out of the four big ones, so the four big ones would be Egypt, 
Mesopotamia, Indus River Valley Civilization, and the Yellow River Valley Civilization. Okay, so to put that into a modern context, Egypt back then is where it is now, the northeast or top right-hand corner of the African continent, say, at the estuary of the Nile. So that's Egypt. Mesopotamia, I'm going to skip for a minute. Indus River Valley Situation... What is with Indus River Valley Civilization that I can't fucking say? Anyway, it's where Pakistan is now. Between Pakistan and Egypt, there was an area which was known as the Fertile Crescent. That's Mesopotamia. Okay, I mentioned in a previous episode that Egypt and the Indus River Valley Civilization were independent civilizations in their own right. So was Mesopotamia, but Mesopotamia was in between the two of them and was a bit of a melting pot. So if you wanted to travel from the Indus River Valley Civilization to Egypt, odds are you had to travel through Mesopotamia. So Mesopotamia had its own ancient culture and civilization, but it would have been heavily influenced by both the Egyptians and the Indus River Valley guys. The Yellow River Valley guys then are further over in where, let's say, modern-day China is today. So that'll give you just some idea of where these places are. Mesopotamia is probably the most well-known, well, outside of Egypt maybe, it's probably better known, but after Egypt, Egypt's most well-known because of the pyramids, basically, and the Sphinx. After that, it's Mesopotamia. But the interesting thing about Mesopotamia is where it, is where it lies, or where, what we would, how do I say this? The interesting thing about Mesopotamia is what's there now. Okay, so these ancient civilizations are all gone, long gone, thousands of years gone. It's only the ruins that we have to look at now. But the region of the world that Mesopotamia was in, you might be familiar with. You're talking Iraq, Iran, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Palestine, Jordan. Okay, what we would call the Middle East. Now, maybe the fact that one of our oldest civilizations and one of the most important ancient civilizations is was in the same place where we have one of the most war-torn regions of the world globally today. Maybe that's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. Who fucking knows? I certainly don't think it's a coincidence. And I'll chat to you tomorrow.